Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Have You Seen? I'm Kieran Lefort and opposite me as usual is Tom Webb. Hello! Uh, and today this is the first kind of on the road edition of Have You Seen? Yeah. Kind of. Um, yeah. Rather than the upbeat studio we are at Shea Webb. Absolutely. Um, sealed as best we can into the, the web library. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so if things sound a bit different, if you hear children, cats, passing sirens, um, yeah. Zombie attack, yeah, alien or, invasion, that kind of thing. Yeah. Or books. Or books. Yeah, yeah. The sound. Just, just pray silence for the sound of books. None of them fell on us. That's no, a good start. No, 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 no. They're all being quite quiet, which yeah. is good. Excellent. Good. Yeah. We should blunder on then. We should indeed. Um, should we go straight into George of the Jungle? Okie dokie. All right. Allow me to grab my notes for George of the Jungle. Yes, yeah, so you, you can do a swift recap. Um, okay. There's nowhere to put my notes in the web of... Uh, the web? No. The library of Shea Web. The web of Shea Library doesn't work, does it? No, not no. at all. The web of Shea Guevara. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Anyway, um, George of the Jungle is uh, a comically irreverent take on Tarzan, really. It's a, a Disney film. It's a kid's film. I love it because it's so silly. Um, and it's about uh, a man brought up by apes taken to the the big city. Yeah. Um, I'll start. I, I I did enjoy it. Good. Um, it is very very silly, um, but what I think it is is it's just a really good. It's a good family film. Mm. It's not. It's not just a good kids film. It's a good family film. It kind of has uh, strikes a lot of different levels. Um, there's the really really over the top cartoon esque slapstick, um, which is probably my least favorite thing about it. Same with me. Yeah. Um, I, and because of that, I think a lot of the Brendan Fraser stuff that he does. I didn't. I didn't engage in that too much because he gets pretty much all of that yeah. really over the top silly slapstick, like going into the trees and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, but all the other stuff, like John Cleese as the talking ape, mm. um, the, having the narrator and the fourth wall breaking and mm. all of that, that was all absolutely brilliant. Really nicely played and um, yeah, it was. Uh, it's got a very distinct tone about it. Yes. And I think it is. It is one of those films that. The filmmakers, the script writers, everyone are completely aware that any children going to see this are going to be accompanied by adults. Yes. So it has to be entertaining for them as well. Yeah. Which it is. Um, I think but not in the way that those kind of kids' films have become, where there's no. references that are strictly for adults and there's yeah. no chance children will get. No, no, it's it's quite a nice. It's well, medium. it's blended yeah. in that. Yeah, way. yeah, yeah, it's very well blended, and I think it does it very well. Um, like I said, it's the sort of thing that. Um, you know, if you, if you, if you were sitting down to watch a film with with your kids, it would be a a great one to watch because it's one that everyone can enjoy and probably enjoy multiple times as well. Mm. It's the sort of thing, you know. You know, I'm not sure if I would find myself going, "Oh, I really want to watch that now." Mm. But if someone else just put it on or said it, I'd quite happily watch it. Yeah. You know? um, there were gags I caught this time round that I didn't. Right. The okay, first. Yeah. Two or three times I watched it. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. They're, they're, like I say, there's all, there's got a lot of leveling yeah. in terms of, you know, how far they want to take each joke and what level they're pitching it at, yeah. um, which works really, really well. Um, Thomas Traden, Hayden Church just looks like he's having so much fun. Yes, he plays the the uh, the villain of the piece, Lyle van yeah. der Groot. Yeah, he does, and he 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 just looks like he's having an absolute ball. Him and his henchmen. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Uh, having the time of their lives. They just they throw the they almost quite literally throw yeah. themselves into everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 
and uh, John Cleese is just fantastic as the as the voice of the yeah. ape, and he 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 again is absolutely pitch perfect. The uh, the scene I particularly like is where he is trying to teach George courting techniques. Yeah. George is interested in Ursula uh, and wants to know how he should uh, how he should approach a woman, yeah, and of course, ape only knows gorilla mating techniques, so that's where he tries to teach George: yeah. Yeah. make yourself big, show your teeth, yeah. <laughs> puff your cheeks out, yeah. And <laughs> Yeah. yeah, throw some throw some grass and moss around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was really really great. Um, the bit that kind of really stands out as being really good, mm. but almost slightly out of place, is the bit you mentioned last week. Is the stunts on the Bay Bridge? Yeah, which are fantastic stunts, but they they look like the sort of stunts you should have in a like an eighties Bond film. Yeah, um, it's it, a man doing a rope swing off the Bay Bridge. Yeah, like quite fairly obviously not held on by a wire he's probably harnessed to the rope and that's about yeah, it yeah yeah it's really and you get a big wide mm. shot so you can see that it's a guy actually doing it yeah he's and he's you know he's he's travelling quite a distance yeah. but it's not just that there's there's more stunts there as well i mean mm. there's the bit with the parachutes afterwards yeah and it's parachuting effectively into the bay but you but the parachute collapsing going into a spin yeah and i mean that's that's dangerous stuff yeah. to do i mean that's not you know and he doesn't look that high up off above the sea level no um so it was and they did it in a 10 million dollar disney kids yeah, movie yeah yeah and it, so it looks great it looks really impressive um but I know what you mean about how it's it's almost been imported from another film entirely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they've just like cut to shots of Brendan Fraser every now yeah, and again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it was good. I really did enjoy it, and it was um, like I say, it, it is is a really solid, good family film. Excellent, excellent indeed. Um, I think we could probably just move on to customer feedback. Yeah, absolutely. This week, yeah, aided by it. my girlfriend's iPad. Uh, posh customer feedback. Posh customer feedback. Oh, the other wonderful line I wrote down in my notes that's just caught my eye is, uh, meanwhile, at a very big and expensive waterfall set. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the sort of stuff I liked. Okie dokie. Well, I've got a long George of the Jungle review and a short George of the Jungle review. Yeah, I mean, I had a, I had a quick look for customer feedback. I actually found it very difficult to find any negative ones. Mm. It does. Yes, it, so I, mean, I. I mean, it's a very popular movie. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's try the long one. George of the Jungle, one star. Watch out for that plot hole. I appreciate a good comedy as much as the next fellow, and I'm happy to report this one is an absolute hoot. So why the two-star rating? Well, simply put, in a single word, it's down to this. Uh, hello, Mr. Scriptwriter, plot hole alert. Well, that's not a single word, is it? No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're on to a winner here. Mm. How this got through post-production editing is stupefying. In case you were carried along by the hilarity and missed it, we are invited here to suspend our belief for 90 minutes, I think that's suspend our disbelief, and accept that, <laughs> gorilla, accept that the gorilla can talk. Now that much I can do, I'm no buffoon, it just take a little imagination is all. However, what really goads my goat, drives me plain round the bend animal crackers, is that there is absolutely no backstory or explanation whatsoever. This completely ruins for me all the film's authenticity and with that my enjoyment. We are required to simply accept that the gorilla, played brilliantly by John Cheese... John Cheese? John Cheese can talk. And George of the Jungle, bumbling simpleton that he is, never even considers it important enough to ask. It's just plain lazy, lazy hacked script writing. At least mention it in the three hours of extras. <laughs> The most frustratingly thing here, yes, that's right. verbatim, is I could have done it in a heartbeat without distracting from the action one iota. Here, swing on this. 
Exterior, jungle, small clearing, day. We see George of the Jungle standing by a tree next to a gorilla wearing a hat. George of the Jungle, that's a nice hat. Gorilla, thank you very much. George, wow, you can speak. How can you do that? Gorilla, I'm the missing link, don't you know? I speak, Eng- I learned to speak English listening to the BBC World Service. George, don't you ever run out of batteries? Gorilla, it's a wind-up. George, fair enough. That's all I need for continuity. George of the Jungle spots a man with a gun. George of the Jungle, hey, watch out for that man with a gun. Fade out. End. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> and the five-star reviews. I think this might have been written by a woman. Oh, okay. Five stars. Get your tissues at the ready, and no, this isn't a weepy. Brendan Fraser in his prime. Dribble. Oh, yeah, the movie. Oh, it's okay as well. <laughs> I do I do like the fact that um, there's a bit where Brendan Fraser is, is being ogled by um, Leslie Mann's character and all of her society friends yes. back in New York. I yeah. know, oh, San Francisco, right? Yeah, yeah, San Francisco. And uh, one of the women says, oh, I wish I could find a man like that. Yes. Uh, who he then went on to marry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so she did. Yeah. So that's enough uh, swinging through the trees. And let's move on to the slightly darker The Punisher. Yeah, a bit of a tonal shift, isn't it, it really? Yeah. 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 Um, I'll do a quick recap. It was uh, the second movie incarnation of a Marvel graphic novel. Uh, The first one starred Dolph Lundgren. um, Dolph Lundgren? Dolph Lundgren. Okay. Um, And this one stars uh, Thomas Jane. Uh, John sorry, Travolta. sorry, sorry, making microphone noises. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought I could do that silently, but not. No, I was on a roll there. Sorry. Can, anyway, you can do it. Come yeah, on. Yeah, it's Tom, Tom Jane, John Travolta. Um, is it's pretty much an origin story, like a lot of uh, superhero movies. Um, the reason I like this one, and the reason I pitched it to Kieran, is because to me it feels like a really good, solid '80s action movie, as opposed to the glossy superhero movies of the sort of late 90s and 2000s um so what did you think uh i think you're right i think it is a throwback 80s action movie yeah um there are some very brutal moments yeah um it was not as violent as i was expecting oh really i was expecting robocop right okay and it doesn't come close no not quite there there are a couple of particularly nasty moments the man who gets the knives at the end yeah i thought yeah that's it's pretty nasty uh, and there was another one earlier on um i must have written it down it's not the, 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 the guy who gets the um, paper cutter in the head, is it? No, it was the fellow who gets blown up in the barbecue. Oh, yeah, that's great, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously uh, a guy. He won, Yeah, he won an award oh, at the stunt he? awards. Yeah, for best firework for <laughs> well, that stunt. That is a fantastic... Yeah, yeah, a full body, like, flame yeah. whilst flying through the air backwards. Yes, with an explosion. With an explosion, yeah. 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 That's yeah. like... Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I liked it. I enjoyed it. it. You're right. It's not overall. It's not a great film. Yeah. Um, but it's fine enough. Uh-huh. Um, the opening titles were unexpectedly beautiful. Yeah, they're really they're good. Really aren't they? well yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that we say because I remember um, first time I watched it, I quite enjoyed it. Like like you say. Mm. Second time I watched it, I watched it with my wife Nick for the first time, mm. and she thought it was okay, but I enjoyed it more. Uh, when we rewatched it for this, we both really enjoyed it. Okay. So I think it's one that kind of gets better and better as you watch it's it. It's a grower. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's, it's just kind of weird because, like we said, it's quite a standard sort of mm. superhero setup movie, but it does kind of keep going and going and going. Mm. I think you might have uh, overstated the goodness of Roy Scheider. He's in two scenes. He is in two scenes. And but the first, cool. the first scene he shows up in, where they're walking <laughs> along the beach. Yeah. Until he spoke, I didn't realise it was him. Really? He's so tanned. It's in Puerto <laughs> Rico. He's so tanned. I thought he was a native friend of the family. 
He's just he's a completely different colour to yeah. everybody else on the screen. <laughs> he's, uh, Unbelievable. Yeah, he's actually only in the movie because he happened to be neighbours with yeah. the director. Yeah. And he said do it for a favour. Um director Jonathan Hensley, who yeah. wrote things like Con Air. Mm. Was it Con Air he wrote? I think it was. Arm- yeah. He wrote Armageddon for sure. Yeah. And that's a black mark on his record. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. but yeah, he he made a career writing these kind of action adventure yeah. movies. Um, and I did see an interview where he said he wanted he didn't want this to be a throwback to eighties movies. He was looking at seventies stuff. Right. Okay. Um, that's interesting. Those kind of like, hard thrillers. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I, me- I mentioned last week, this was supposed to have a budget of sixty four million, but it got c- cut down to fifteen. Yeah. And, and like I said I think that was part of the reason why it ended up being like an eighties action movie because they had to do a lot of the stuff practically how, how it was done then and practically. Yeah. Um, and I think it's better for it. I think it probably is. Yeah, there are places where it looks cheap. Yeah, yeah, it does. One. It's. Uh, I don't think it did. It even get a cinema release. Yeah, I know oh, the yeah, Dolph Lundgren yeah. one didn't in the US. Oh, okay. Um, I know this one definitely did. Okay, because it does. It looks a bit straight to video in places. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some really great scenes in it though. Uh, I love the torture of Mickey. Yes, it's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, where yeah. Uh, where Punisher's got the blowtorch. Yeah, and he says, you know, uh, all your you won't feel anything. Yeah. It's so hot you won't feel it. Uh, yeah, if you do, you'll feel cold. Yeah, uh, and you'll smell burning meat. Yeah, and he's blowtorching a steak while stabbing him with a nice lolly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was one of my favourite scenes, actually. It works uh, really well. And the other thing I really like is uh, how he announces his return by ripping his gravestone <laughs> yeah. out of the cemetery and planting it on the golf course to John Travolta. The yeah. villain is on. Yeah. One of, one of the things we should say is that, um, you know, I've never read any of the graphic novels. Nor so, have I, uh, no. You know, I'm, I think the reason I really enjoy this is because I haven't read any. Yeah, when you've I look, got no ties to the character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when I, when I I had a quick look for some cast feedback, but I didn't really find anything of you. Um, mm. much I don't know if you found mm. anything but because all of the, the sort of two star reviews were people bitching and moaning that it wasn't like the comics yeah. or the graphic novels um, yeah. and which you know it's, it's a movie so you know I'm inclined to just ignore the, the tie as it were and just yeah. you know judge yeah. it on its own merits as it were sure um, I, I did like that it wasn't his payback wasn't all violence though no like the, the psychological yeah. aspect to it i liked as well yeah that's what i really like that it, it, he i mean it's meticulously planned out to culminate in that one yeah scene yeah. and and actually by the time that scene happens mm. all of the damage yeah. has been done and he effectively orchestrates the damage for john travolta's character to kind of do it all to himself in yeah a way. But what he does isn't that complicated. No, it's not that complicated. It's, no. uh, it's effectively one simple action. He accomplishes the major thing that sets it all up in one night. Yeah, Just absolutely. by driving across town. Yeah, yeah. Simple. Yeah. Yeah, but no. it has such great consequences for so many characters. Absolutely, yeah. That's, yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, unexpectedly clever. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I did like that. What, what did you think of the Kevin Nash cameo? That was pretty funny, actually. <laughs> he looks ridiculous. He, does, yeah. he looks like a giant blonde Where's Wally. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know that in that in that fight sequence, mm. um, Tom Jane accidentally stabbed him? I hear that, yeah. but that could just be Nash BSing because he has a uh, rep for that kind it, of thing. It, it could be. It could be. My favourite bit of trivia about that is that in that in that scene, Tom Jane is gets stabbed as well. Yeah. Um, and the scene after it is uh, um, Rebecca Romain Stamos. Remains, remains, Stamos uh, is um, stitching up the wound, which was a prosthetic they put on him. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, when they removed the prosthetic, they found she'd actually sewn it to his skin because <laughs> she'd gone right through it. Oh. 
So, so I think the grimaces in that scene may actually might be, have been might real. Be real. Yeah. Uh, the bit I really liked in that fight scene is the bit with the grenade. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really nice. Mm. Um, I had you mentioned about Nash having to uh, have a story written for having Apparently his hair so, cut. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remembered nothing of that, and I really? went and looked it up, and I yeah. found the hair versus hair match right. on YouTube. So I'll put okay. if there's anybody who actually gives a toss about Kevin Nash, yeah. who's not a member of the Nash family, yeah. they can watch that on YouTube. I yeah. found it, but I have no recollection of that storyline <laughs> no. whatsoever. No, and it was just like, well, you know, all they've done is like. They could have just used a wig, really, because it's just yeah. a short crop blonde thing. Yeah, you know? he does look hilarious. I've never oh, yeah. seen him without facial hair, though, until no, he then. Does look, and he does, looks bizarre. Yeah. yeah, he does look very, very weird. Like, I mean, um, Nick has, has watched a bit of you know wrestling when yeah. he was around, and, and like, um, she didn't recognise him at all. When I when I said that, you know, that's Kevin Nash. Yeah, and she didn't believe me. I had to I had to show her like on IMDb. I had mm. to show her, no, that's the character. Yeah. Playing, is there are um, some other wrestling links as well. Oh really? Uh, mostly in the soundtrack. Oh right. The uh, the first song that plays uh, over the end credits yeah. is "Step Up" by Drowning Pool, which right. was uh, a WrestleMania theme tune that oh, year. Oh right. Um, uh, on the soundtrack, but not actually played in the film, is yeah. a song called "Slow Chemical," which right. was. Kane's theme tune for about three years. Right. Uh, but the version on the soundtrack has got like the his first four signature notes cut off the beginning for some reason, right. which is weird. And the other thing, the song that, uh, is it Harry Heck? The yes. country and western yeah. guy. The song he plays mm. to, to punish her in the pancake restaurant yeah. um, was used on uh, return videos for the character of The Undertaker last year, yeah, right. which suits his character really well. That's interesting. Uh, and I knew as soon as he played it, I knew I'd heard the song before somewhere, uh, right. and I went and tracked it down. I really like it. Okay, because I know that um, I think that's one of the big the changes they made in the in the, the graphic novels is the character of Harry Heck exists, but he like, he's not like he doesn't play the guitar. Mm. I mean, this to me, he's just like if Johnny Cash were a hitman. Yeah, the guy playing the character is Mark Colley, who's a who's yeah. a country and western singer. Yeah, yeah, um, he does it really well. Yeah, I like that scene. I I like their. Um, their their fight as well. Yeah, for yeah. me that's the that's the that's the point in the film where it could you watch it and you think, okay, that's that's a bit stupid. A guy comes in and sings him a song, but it's actually quite menacing and actually yeah. works really well. Yeah. Really well. Yeah, yeah. But also their their scene after that, that was also I felt one of the cheapest moments. Probably, yeah. Because I suspect it's just it was two cars and there's absolutely nothing else around. Yeah, I reckon so it's like we can't afford to populate this. Yeah, we, we pro- yeah, I think it was done pretty it must have been done one morning very quickly. Yeah. That's what sort of strikes me. because um, I know they had I know they had five five of the GTO muscle cars, but I, I suspect that's five cars in total because the the Punisher drives the black GTO with yeah. all the, the shielding and stuff, but the green and black one that Harry Heck drives, I think, is also a GTO. Yeah, and, I suspect, and they wreck both of those. They wreck both they? of yeah. those, yeah. So I think there were five GTOs in total, which for an action movie with a car chase and a couple of car stunts isn't very many. Yeah. So and I, said, I think they were very much constrained by the budget. One of the things I didn't like was the the Puerto Rico car chase. Right, it's fine. Yes. It's yeah. a good chase. It's scored really badly. I didn't. Really There's notice. no excitement in right. the music at all. It well, just didn't go together. That's interesting. One of the things that um, my wife Nick said that was uh, if you can hear that, people, that's my chair creaking. I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't. I can't stop it. Um, is that she finds the whole massacre of the family horrible to watch? It is horrible. 
It was oddly bloodless, though. Yeah, there's a few. There's. A I few... didn't see any. I didn't notice any blood. Okay, there's a few bits. Not mm. not much, but I think they kind of hold it back because I was bit. expecting full on like spurting squibs all over. No, like I said, no. I was expecting RoboCop level yeah, violence. Yeah. No, I think the violence in it there's just a few moments where it's the the intent that is brutal not necessarily the execution if that yeah. makes sense you know so you see somebody either doing something you think god that's horrible but you know like for example the torture scene where um the guy gets his piercings ripped out yeah that's really horrible yeah um you know it's it's not particularly bloody but you you just you you know you you cringe because you know that must really hurt Despite mm. the fact I don't have any piercings, but you know that's uh, that's an actor called Ben Foster who's yeah. in uh, Rampart with Woody Harrelson, yeah, uh, which is out in cinemas at the moment. I think, yeah, yeah, and he, he's another one of those people like uh, Fassbender and um, mm. what's his name? What's the other one? Jeremy, Jeremy Renner, Renner yeah. who's looked like poised to take over the world in the yeah. next couple of years. Yeah, well, he he's in he's kind of interesting. He's at, he's got he's kind of. Um, He's not quite method, because uh, that torture scene was all improvised. Mm. Um, and um, Ben Foster actually went and got piercings for that character. They're much not, like... Um, they're not all fake. Some of them are, but not Much like Rooney Mara for the Girl with the yeah. Dragon Tattoo remake, went and actually got real piercings yeah. rather than... Bleh, that's commitment to a yeah, role. It is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that, that scene, I know they really went for it. And um, I think he, he Ben Foster's a big fan of... not. I suppose it's improvisation, but kind of like a, this this guided improvisation. Yeah. It's a particular acting technique. I can't remember the name of the the, the person that created it. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, he's a big fan of it, and that's what uh, they've done for Rampart. The, yeah. um, is it? I can't remember the director's name. It's uh, Oran Moverman. Oh, uh, Oran Moverman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he yeah. basically he's kind of set him and Harrelson up to stand character and then kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. all that kind of stuff. It sounds like a dangerous thing to do with Woody it Harrelson. Does, it does, yeah. Um, I've so, been around Woody Harrelson when he's not in character and he's weird mm, and scary enough as it yeah, is. Yeah, so I think that I think this particular torture scene was done in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why it's probably it's got a bit more yeah. fear in it. I think. Yeah. Um, customer feedback for Punisher? Yeah, go for it. Um, it was not hard to find. Bad reviews? One-star reviews yeah, for Punisher. Yeah, um, uh, First, actually, I'll just read you a paragraph from a one-star review. The uh, the whole thing was too long, uh, but this paragraph just made me chuckle. Okay. I won't go on explaining the plot as I'm starting to bore myself recollecting it. What I will say is this. For an action film, the, surpri- the Punisher is surprisingly lacking in action. What action there is, quite frankly, sucks. It all seems misplaced and smacks of desperation, particularly the pointless car chase with the guitar-wielding hitman. As we have such a huge build-up with the Punisher constructing his armoured death machine car from scratch, and then bam, he's hit a Ford Mondeo and written it off. Um, oh, I forgot to mention the uh, the finale, the final shot, the the yes, final um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah where he uh, basically blows up a load of cars to make a flaming Punisher logo. Yes, that is so horrendously contrived. It is. It, it is, looks like yeah. Satan's crop circle. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it is quite cheesy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry. Back to the uh, back to more interesting reviews than mine. Do not be mislead by the name of John Travolta, even though he is, as always, excellent as the bad guy in this unwatchable movie, which deservedly was denied access to cinemas. And again, shame for him to take the to take part in this very bloody and equally stupid production. I regret I did not stop the DVD after the first five minutes when it became clear what was going to follow. Do not make the same mistake; you will regret your wasted time. <laughs> Oh, right, okay. This one was a two-star review. Right. Bear in mind, this is a two-star review. 
First caught sight of a brief part of this on TV, but missed most of it. The bit I saw looked good, so I bought it, and having watched it in full, I would give it five stars for action and macho stuff. No big names, but really enjoyed it. If you get a chance, watch it. And that's a two-star review. That's a two-star review. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, thank you, people of Amazon. You are stupid. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it's it's a good action movie. I, I personally find it gets it gets better than we watch it. Yeah, maybe I'll gonna, watch it again. Yeah, I'm not inspired to. I'm probably a, a I'm probably like a three star kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. there's there's enough good fun stuff in it. But yeah, it, I, think, I don't think it adds up to a whole. No, I think um, probably if it, if it was on TV and you you'd probably leave it on. I suspect at the moment it didn't anger or offend me. Right, fair enough. <laughs> Which is about all you can ask for, really. Fair enough. Um, pitching. Yes. Do you want to move on to that? Okie dokie. Okay. Do you want to go first? <coughs> me. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? <laughs> Should I go first so you can recover? Yeah, please. All right. Now, what I have for you this week, yes. the writer and director mm-hmm. considers it his masterpiece. Okay. He gave up his entire salary and all of his back-end points to get it made. This is his labor of love. Right, okay. Um, he wrote the entire thing in his head right. two and a half years before producing a screenplay. Right. Uh, and uh, supposedly someone he told the idea to mm-hmm. and then gave the screenplay to yeah. said they were exactly the same. Oh, really? Yeah, all the detail that he told yeah. him was there the in page. the script. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, it has spies, monsters, war, all sorts of wonderful stuff like that. Okay. Pan's Labyrinth. Ah, oh, right. Uh, I'll set up the, the story. Yeah. I've actually got a plot synopsis this week. Hey. Yay. So here we go. Take one. <laughs> you git. <laughs> Ophelia is a young girl whose widowed mother has... I'll start again. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Ophelia is a young girl whose widowed mother has married a captain in the fascist army. I should man- mention, <laughs> which did so well, yeah. that um, it's set in Spain in 1944. Okay. Uh, so the so, Civil War is over, but yeah. World War Two is still going okay. on. So uh, it's after the Franco... Yes. Civil War. Yes. During World War II. Gotcha. Yes. Uh, and there are still um, rebels kind of hiding out in the mountains that are still putting up a bit of resistance. Right, okay. Okay, so there you go. There's your backdrop. Yeah, fair enough. <clears throat> Ophelia is a young girl <laughs> whose widowed mother has married a captain in the fascist army, uh, and she's pregnant with his child. Uh, on the journey to move in with him, they stop because the mother feels sick, uh, and Ophelia meets a fairy who leads her into a fantasy world of adventure. Mm-hmm. The the titular labyrinth of Pan. Mm-hmm. There is no character called Pan in this film. Okay. Uh, the. Sorry. What did, what did you bump? I don't know. Okay. Um, uh, in non-English speaking countries, this is called uh, the labyrinth of the fawn. Ah right. Okay. Uh, and it's of, more. It's uh, 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 a reference to the Pan of mythology yeah. rather than uh, like Peter Pan or yeah, an yeah. actual There's character Pan. called Pan. Yep. Um, I like this because I think it might be I think Guillermo del Toro is right I think this is his finest hour okay um, it's it oozes class and quality from every single frame right. it's beautiful to look at it's really well written yeah. um, I like likes a strong word the characters in it are all really good okay uh, the reason I hesitate to say like it's because mm-hmm. the captain is a grade A, lead lined, gold plated bastard. Right. Um, he's very good at it. Okay. Um, but yeah, he is a thoroughly horrible, awful man. Okay. Um, and 
Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I think I've, the only Guillermo del Toro stuff I've seen have been the two Hellboy movies. Okay. Um, Blade Two. Have I seen Blade Two? I don't think I have. I was trying to work it out as well. Yes, I have seen Blade Two a long yeah. time ago. Though. Yeah. Um, and I, I I do like I like him and I like, like I've always liked mm. him when he's interviewed and I again he's a bit. For me, he's a bit Terry Gilliam. His yeah. imagination is something to behold. Absolutely, his 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 creature design. Yeah, uh, especially in this film, there yeah. are some fantastically designed creatures, uh, and all the kind of varying levels of effect. Because yeah. you get animatronic CG, mm. uh, full costumes, and puppets. Yeah, and they're all on every level. They're all they're, they're like the top of their field. Yeah, I, I, this is a film I've been meaning to see for a very long time. So mm. I'm I'm pleased you pitched it. I think the standout performer is Doug Jones. Right, who yes. uh, is a, a well-known kind of creature actor guy? Yeah. He um, he's what's the name of the character in Hellboy he plays? The fish guy, the fish he, man. Yeah, he he was. I the, can't remember the, the character. Ape Sapien. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's this incredibly tall, skinny man. Yeah, he was also uh, the 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 guy that did all the body movements for the Silver Surfer for the Fantastic Four. Okay, I've not movie. seen any of the. Yeah, not interested. Okay. Not great. Yeah, yeah. Um. He plays two characters in this, right? Uh, and he's excellent as both. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays. Uh, uh, I'm, it's not giving too much away to say he right. plays the fawn, right? Uh, as one of the characters, uh, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know any Spanish, right? He had to learn all of his own lines phonetically. Wow! And he had to learn all of the girls' lines phonetically as well. So he so he knew it. who I mean, to how to respond because he couldn't hear her. Because of the mask he had on with the servo motors for his eyebrows and ears. Wow. That were too loud for him to hear anybody. That's crazy. A, when you watch it, you absolutely cannot tell that this is not a native Spanish speaker giving a perfect natural performance. Wow, that's fantastic. It's, it's, as, as far as acting goes, in that right. sense of creature work, it's an outstanding performance. Okay. Um, this film took home three Oscars, mm-hmm. uh, four. Notes required. Yeah. Uh, art direction, yeah. cinematography, and makeup. Right. And three BAFTAs, uh, makeup, which I've written twice. <laughs> <laughs> makeup, makeup, maybe, uh, and best foreign language film of the year. Right. Okay. Um, I like something I like here is the box office stats. Okay. It cost nineteen million dollars to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, took eighty three million dollars. Wow. And and then in the US alone, in DVD sales and rental, took an additional fifty five million dollars. And above all of that, it really launched Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, absolutely. As yeah. A, like a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I can remember when it came out, and people just really absolutely loved it. And mm. like I said, I, just, I don't know why I've never got around to watching it. I just it took me forever. The, yeah. I I initially watched it. Um, uh, with my girlfriend, when we first got together, we had what we called movie lockdown day, right. where we decided we'd watch um, a film that I liked and she'd never seen. Yeah, uh, which if I can't remember what that was. What was that one? Oh man, this is terrible. I should know this. You should do. Yeah. We watched a film that she liked and I'd never seen. That was yeah. Infernal Affairs. Right. Oh, the one I liked was uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So there was that. The one that I liked and uh, she'd never seen was Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Uh, there was uh, the one she liked and i never seen, which was Infernal Affairs. Yeah. There was one uh, we both liked and had both seen, which was Princess Bride. Perfect. Uh, and then one that 
I owned, but neither of us had got round to watching, which was Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, right. So it was a pretty good movie, yeah, like, yeah, all yeah. in all. Yeah, um, yeah and uh, we we were both blown away by it. Oh, that's good. Uh, and I was again rewatching it for this, right? And okay. I decided like I have to pitch this to you. Okay, I'm really. This needs to be to seen it. by more people. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Good, excellent, cool. So after that, that tonal shift into. Yes, it is a bit dark yeah. and it is a bit gruesome in places. Right. And it is, uh, I would say, in places, it's more violent than The Punisher. Okay. Wow. But only ever in context. Right. Okay. All right. Um, should we move on to my pitch for you? Go on then. We're going to get darker still. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm cheating a little bit. He's upgraded to a fancy book. Hold I've, on. I've he got... mentioned cheating. What? Well,. well it's not cheating. I have I have got your feature film, right? But it was made by HBO, and it, I don't think it ever got a cinematic release. Okay, it's a, right. it's, a, it's, a, it's a it's an exceptionally well made movie for TV. Okay. Um, well, I pitched you a whole sitcom, so exactly. Yeah. Always written a lot of notes. I have written I've written a lot of notes for this. Most of them will probably come into play next week. Okay. Well, I've read out pretty much all of my notes for Pan's Labyrinth, so that's entirely yours next. <laughs> <time>. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to try and... Uh, I need to pitch this in a specific way, and I'm okay. not sure how I'm going... It's, it's going to be difficult to explain this, I think. Take one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is probably one... This isn't a horror movie. Okay. But this is probably one of the most terrifying films I've ever seen. And it's pretty much just a group of men in a room having a meeting. Right. Um, and it's called Conspiracy. And the meeting... Is uh, this is all true? This is a true story. Okay. It took place in 1942, in a place called Vancey, and this is the Vancey Conference, and it was a Nazi high command meeting, where they effectively decided what the outcome of the Holocaust was going to be. Okay. Now, well, this is going to be fun viewing for all the family, isn't yeah. it? Well, now what's interesting about this movie is that it's not. It's, it's gonna, this is going to sound really weird. It's not a dark and depressing film okay. to watch by any stretch, which a lot of movies around this subject are. Okay, but it's incredibly chilling. Hmm. Um, you know, there there's there are no graphic scenes or anything like that. So you, you, and you don't get your your sort of emotional heartstrings tugged. Hmm. It's you end up having more sort of disbelief that anything like this could ever have taken place. Mm. Um, yeah, one of those things you can't believe that happened, but no must have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's um, the only surviving document specific to this meeting mm. um, was a set of mi uh, minutes that were written by Adolf Eichmann and sent to a guy called Martin Luther. Mm. Um, the original stenographer's reels, the guy taking the minutes, were destroyed mm. and an abbreviated version of those minutes were what was sent. Mm. So they obviously didn't include specifics of the conversation. Mm. There are some bits which were documented, um, and this script is based on that. Um, I should mention that the cast is Kenneth Branagh, Stanley Tucci, Colin Firth, uh, David Threlfall. Mm. And they, they're the main key players that mm. hold this conversation. I mean, there's about a dozen of them sitting around this table. But they're the ones you've heard of. They're the ones you've yeah, heard yeah. of. Um, Kenneth, Blanner, Kenneth Branagh plays a guy called uh, Reinhard Heydrich, um, who uh, he had the most unbelievable 
series of nicknames. Mm. I will reveal the others last week. Uh, Maybe next week, yeah. Oh, we're doing a time travel episode (laughs) next week. Um, Get your DeLoreans, kids. Adolf Hitler himself christened him as the man with the iron heart. Oh, good Lord. Exactly. And, I mean, his reputation was unbelievable. He's widely regarded as quite possibly the, the most... Nazi of Nazis. Yeah, and sinister of Nazis. Um, we'll go into... I've, I've written a bit of stuff about him. And we can go into that next week. Um, Stanley Tucci plays Adolf Eichmann, who is pretty much the man that orchestrated the Holocaust. Mm. But he was actually under the command of Heydrich. Um, and then the other two key players are Colin Firth, who plays a guy called Dr. Wilhelm Stuckart, who uh, wrote a lot of the laws... Um, and he's a fascinating character in this hmm. because his whole problem is not what they're going to do, that the f- that, but whether it's done legally or not. Which, I mean, it's unbelievable watching yeah. this guy's viewpoint. I mean, yeah. it is, I mean, it's a stunningly odd film. Hmm. Uh, the only person who seems to have any kind of moral issue is uh, David Threlfall's character, who's hmm. uh, Dr. Wilhelm Kritzinger. Hmm. Um, and I... I you know, but, but basically, what you what you see is a room full of men who are all trying to impress and come up with a, a plan that is going to make them the darling to Hitler and, mm. and get them into a good position within the Nazi Party. Mm. But what they don't realise is that Heydrich has made all the decisions, and this meeting is just basically laying out what's going to happen. You are going to follow this plan, and you see this guy Heydrich as this bully who just, you know, he just gets everyone where he wants them. It's, it's a fascinating thing to watch. Mm. Um, so like I say, it's, a, it's a, a very dark subject matter. Yes. But it's actually an entertaining film, which sounds really weird. I kind of wish I'd swap my two pictures over so we had this versus George of the Jungle next <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah, I know what you mean. I was yeah. thinking that. Um, so, man, we thought we had quite a, a tonal separation. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. So, um, I th- like I say, I think you'll enjoy it. It's it's kind. Of, it is very interesting. Um, you'll see a lot of the actors in it are classically trained, um, sort of Shakespearean actors, mm. um, which was a distinct choice because they shot this on Super sixteen mil mm. uh, film, so they could have long filmic runs and they would shoot 20 pages of dialogue in one take mm. um so it flows Interesting. yeah so it flows yeah. like a meeting and pretty much the whole thing takes place in one place mm. in this meeting room and that's it huh. um so it's a fascinating film i'll be interested to see what you make of it not mm. just i mean basically i'm interested in what you think of it as a film in such a constrained setting yeah whether it holds your interest and then just what you think because i mean for me i find fascinating um at what point do people compromise their beliefs and values to go that extra mile to commit an atrocity? Yeah. And I, I find the psychology of this very interesting, particularly how Hadrish positions everybody and gets them to toe the line and who he has to bully into it mm. and who he doesn't mm. and things like that. Um, so I find that all fascinating. The, and the last thing I'll leave you with is... Uh, look out for a positively baby-faced and incredibly young Tom Hiddleston. Okay. <laughs> he looks about 12. Okay. Um, but he, yeah, he, he's got a couple of lines in it. And it, it, uh, I didn't even know he was in it until watching it back this mm. last time. And I saw this guy, this like young, young lad, and I was like, he looks familiar. 
He looks an awful like, he, like Thor's arch nemesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's kind of interesting given that he became Loki in yeah. the Kenneth Branagh directed Thor. So, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, okay, well... So um, next week's going to be a real bundle of laughs. Yeah. So may- maybe we should pick some upbeat pitches. Okay, maybe. All right. I'm yeah. going to have to have a, a, a real think about uh, what you're going to get next week. Yeah, yeah. I would recommend anybody who listens to next week um, does it without any razor blades around or <laughs> yeah. any sharp objects. Yeah. yeah, well, like I say, I mean, this is a it's a very it's a very dark, depressing and horrible subject. But yeah. the film itself, it, I mean, it, it's horrifying and shocking, but it's not... You know, you're not going to feel emotionally drained after watching it like you may do after, say, something like Shint does this. I'll be the judge of that. Yeah. Oh, well, onto onto the plugs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so that's enough for today. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, you can uh, at HYS Podcast. Um, you can send us little short tweet reviews. Um, you can also get on the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash have you seen podcast. Um, there's always the blog where you can find the link dumps um, any well when I finally get around to doing them <laughs> yeah. I owe you a few still yeah. whoops well we'll, find, we'll sort some bits and bobs to go up on there yeah. um, which is bit.ly forward slash hys podcast um, and you, if you've got like anything long you want to say a big email or you want to send us some suggestions um, the email address is hyspodcast at gmail.com Lovely. Uh, the usual round of thank yous uh, to Uppy Productions for this week. Uh, I guess just the mic stands and pop shields as we own everything else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, to Chapter Media for technical assistance. Uh, to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Webb for the use of their house. <laughs> and uh, to Mrs. Webb and Ms. Wong for vacating the place while we absolutely. record this. Yeah. Uh, and to Alexia Mum, technical guru to the stars, or to us at least. Yes, absolutely. Um, and until next depressing week, <laughs> yes. <laughs> where yeah. you get fascists and Nazis. And more fascists and, and monsters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, good Lord. It'll be All a good right. one. Okay, let's be upbeat about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, goodbye. Bye.